1: to the third hour of the KFBK Outdoor Show. I'm Bob Sims. Thanks for being with us whenever you can. Every Saturday morning between 5 and 8 right here on KFBK. That's 1530 AM and 93.1 FM. Well, you know, um, Robbie Dunham just has a way. He's a good fisherman. And we tell people how he catches fish. And yet people go out and say, well, I only got two. I only got three, blah, blah, blah. Well... Uh, he just sticks it out. He just does little things. I talked talked to him yesterday about some of those things that he's using at Comanche and Amador. Robbie, you've been back at it this week, fishing both Pardee and Comanche with a few surprises. Let's start with Pardee and what happened there on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, Tuesday... Um out at party was working the open water out there just between the mouth and the marina there, and my forty uh, five foot rod goes off, and we picked it up and got a six pound brown on the end of the line there, so it was a nice fish,
1: yeah, I saw a picture it was a it was sometimes you get just a picture perfect brown it looks like it belongs on a magazine cover somewhere, you know
2: yeah, this fish was very pretty, nice colors. Uh, had the nice dots on it and, uh, shiny silver and, uh, very, very nice
1: fish. I know, I know you don't like to keep the Browns because you consider them trophies. And, um, I, I guess you, you tried and tried and tried to revive that fish, but, uh, but what happened there?
2: Well, it, uh, pretty well took that Speedy Shiner about halfway down its throat and, uh, it came off in the net like the other ones that I had previously released without any problem, and I guess in the process it broke a gill and started bleeding in the water, and I knew right then um, it wasn't going to make it, and we still tried to get him to go upright and swim away, but uh, it, it just wasn't happening. Uh, actually, me and my client, we were we both felt really bad about that fish because that was a beautiful fish, and we would have uh, really liked to release him. Yeah.
1: Well, good for you. I mean, sometimes there's nothing you can do, Robbie, but uh, I know you try. But that wasn't the only surprise of the day.
2: Oh, no. We had uh, quite a day uh, Tuesday at Fardy. Uh We ended up with three uh, very large smallmouths, probably to four pounds. And we also got uh, three largemouth bass to probably close to five pounds. And we released all those safely. And we also picked up, uh probably a four pound squaw fish and we let it go and then a little bit later in the day we actually picked up a seven or an eight inch uh kokanee on a speedy shiner at three miles an hour so that's what i was i keep telling my clients when that rod goes off you don't know what it is or how big it is so it
1: was quite a
2: smirky boy to fish for sure
1: yeah what you end up with trout wise
2: uh, we ended up with nine of the Lassen Rainbows and then the one uh, brown that we had to keep. Uh, yeah. Most of the Lassen Rainbows were up to about three and a half. Didn't get anything real big, but uh, they're still quality fish, Bob.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. And then and then you fished it uh, the next day, and you had equal success with without the number of big bass and a brown. Then you fished Comanche. Uh, was I think it was, uh, what, the, earlier in the week, or was that yesterday? That was yesterday, uh, oh, okay. Friday.
2: Yeah, and uh, we worked the uh, same thing that I've done in the past, out uh, some the summer pattern. We just worked open water out over the river channel. Uh, we started right at the marina area, and we fished all the way to the dam on the first troll. and we had seven rainbows in the box before we got to the dam.
1: Oh, my goodness. Now, I, I mean, both lakes seem to be fishing well, but it seems, uh, well, well, I don't know. I think... You, one day at party, you had your ten fish or almost your ten fish uh by eight thirty in the morning, and they wanted to catch and release so so you were able to do that and ended up with twice the limit, but releasing them and not Comanche. You make one uh, run and you got eight fish. That's pretty good fishing.
2: yeah, it's been really good at both the lakes, um, and the nice thing about it is is I don't have to change my tactics. Uh, running my Speedy Shiner, the Red and Gold, the Copper Red, uh, the Blue Silver, have been really productive at, at both the lakes, anywhere from 30 to 60 feet. Um, finding the little groups of fish and then uh, just working them and uh, getting them to go has uh, been really successful for me.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it makes you wonder. We we talk about how you do this, and other people go out and say, I don't know how you do it, Robbie. Well, you're diligent about it, you know. You know, and another something happened to me yesterday in Pardee. Do I forgot to bring my heavier downrigger weights? So I'm trolling around trying to do three miles an hour with a six pound weight, and so I don't know where that weight is. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were, bet you were dragging it behind you for a little ways. That's for sure. So when you're <laughs>
2: seeing sure. that cable, it's not really going straight down; it's going more I backwards. Know. So um, I also tell the folks um, when I'm out there is uh, just keep an eye on your fish finders. If they can pick up the your ball on your trolling weight, and that'll give you an idea at least where the ball is. So sometimes the line counter can say 50 feet, but you look, and your ball is at 40 feet because you have so much uh, blowback, and uh, that'll give you a good idea where to see where your weights are.
1: That's Robbie Dunham, Coke Machine Guide Service. Now, the problem is I have an older sonar unit. I can't see that downrigger ball when I'm doing three miles an hour, especially a six-pound ball. But we still caught fish to three-and-a-half pounds. The biggest was three-and-a-half pounds. We lost one we think was bigger and uh, full of fight, beautiful-looking fish. So uh, even doing things wrong, we caught some fish, but not like Robbie. His number, 209-712-6611. After the break, we're going to get a report from Eagle Lake and Whiskeytown and maybe Bridgeport Reservoir, where they're having a derby. Right now, though, I want to tell you about True Value Hardware in Placerville. You know, earlier this year, I bought a John Deere riding lawn tractor, And I'll tell you, I spent months researching. I was on the web constantly, all the different brands and then the different models within the brands. And I finally went over to uh, True Value and I talked with Don. And I learned more about riding lawn tractors in 15 minutes than I did hours and days and days on the web. Well, the same is true for. Compact utility tractors by John Deere. You go over and talk to Don or Rob. And they are they are they've been doing this for a long time. They have been matching tractors to people's pieces of land in Nevada, Placer, El Dorado and Amador County for years and years. And every piece of land is different. Everybody's need is different. You know, you can start off with the one series, the subcompact utility tractor. The maneuverability is unmatched you know and don't don't think it's it's just a mower you can put a a bucket on it a a backhoe a blade a post hole digger but because they also have the option of an auto connect drive over mower deck people think it's a lawn mower this one series is a tractor that happens to also mow lawns then you want to move up a little bit heavier duty stuff you go to the the series, the four-wheel drive, the mid-frame, that'll do it. A little heavier lifting, you go to the 2R full-frame. And on and on and on, John Deere fills the niche like no other manufacturer. And plus, True Value on Missouri Flat Road, they've got a backyard where you can take a test drive. That way, you don't have to hope it's the right tractor you order. You know it's the right tractor. True Value Hardware has been doing this for years and years. I really strongly suggest you go by, see their inventory, take a test drive, and talk to Don or Rob. Nobody does it better than these guys. They are on True Value Hardware. (laughs) They are on Missouri Flat Road in Placerville. Call them, 530-622-0992. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, Dale Dixon, an old friend of mine, a, a technician uh, that works on boats and motors from years and years and years ago. I've been keeping contact with him. He's a fisherman. He's up at Bridgeport Reservoir, where the uh, Bridgeport Fisheries Enhancement Foundation, which uh, uh, we lost, Dale. Okay. Well, anyway, they're having a derby up there. This is a great foundation. They have their own hatchery up there. They they just do wonders for that area. Uh, other people in the state could take a, an example. Uh, and I wanted to find out how many people were on Bridgeport Reservoir. Anybody's catching fish, but it looks like we lost Dale. So he'll try to call back in. In the meantime, we got him back. Let's put him on before we lose him again. Dale, are you there? I'm here, Bob. Hey Dale, so how many people are out in the lake? You think this morning?
3: Uh, there's, uh, I'd say about 150 anglers on spread out on you know two or three of boats.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, how's the fishing so far? Do you have a read on it yet?
3: Uh, I saw one small one in a net on a boat anchored up bait fishing on the way by, and and we're uh, we're fast deep trolling for the bigger stuff right now, Bob.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it could is the wind blowing, Dale?
3: Piece of glass out here today.
1: Oh boy, well, that's good for your comfort, but if it's too calm, it, it, it might turn the fishing off a little bit in that lake, don't you think?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a mirror both ways, Bob.
1: <laughs> well, look, it, there's going to be a breeze come up almost any time now, Dale, so don't worry about it.
3: <laughs> right, there always is.
1: <laughs> so, how, how, how has fishing been there uh, up to this point?
3: Well, it was pretty good last week. I got a friend on Father's Day who got some nice fish. And then uh, during the week, that full moon and um, the uh, wind blew pretty good. So up the last couple of days, it's perch and a occasional trout, from what I understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do have the Sacramento perch in there, huh?
3: Yeah. And they're doing real well on them in the shallows out in front of the marina there.
1: That's one good eating fish, Dale.
3: Right. Well, if I, all else fails, Bob, we'll, we'll change gears here, but... Uh, we had one thing in mind when we got up here last night, you
1: know? Yeah, right, right. And that's big trout.
3: Right. <laughs> so. I hope so.
1: Well, listen, uh, good luck, and, and I'll find out from you how the day went and uh, how everybody did uh, to benefit the Bridgeport Fishery Enhancement Foundation, and I'll talk about it next week. Is that a deal?
3: That is a deal, Bob. I Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just so nice up here. You know, I kind of forgot about the fish for a minute here, but, hey, yeah. Yeah, I got a good crew, and we're ready to go, so.
1: Good good luck today, Dale. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my. Okay. I talked to Kurt Portacarrero. He's been fishing Shasta and Whiskey Town, and finally— there's kind of good, use for, good news for Whiskey Town Coconut fishermen. Listen. Kirk, since the river slowed down for fishing for the wild rainbows, you've been really concentrated on Shasta and Whiskey Town. Let's talk about Whiskey Town Coconut. Uh, I got a picture early in the week, and, and the fish looked healthy, uh, uh, kind of on the small size. What's happened since then? Well, I'll tell you what, we've got some
4: good fish. Uh, they're getting bigger almost every day, which is—I knew that we were going to get them eventually. It's, it always seems like July every year we get those bigger fish, and uh, and we did. Uh, we got some big fish. The biggest has been 15 inches, but uh, numerous 12 to 13 inches, and uh, a couple in the uh, 14 inch range. So um, that's a better sign. They're healthy. They're football size, and uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to fishing at uh, the through July.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, that's good news because the, the the book was out kind of on Whiskey Town for a long time. You know, first of all, nobody no, was catching anything there earlier, and and now it's pretty correct. good fishing, I guess. Yeah,
4: it's really good. Uh, it's really good. It's 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 consistent. I I've been doing twenty fish day averages. Uh, this this morning we had twenty fish by uh, eleven o'clock.
1: That's pretty good fishing. Pretty good fishing. Yeah. How deep are you fishing there?
4: Uh, fifth down to 50 feet. Uh, that was the deepest that we could find, but most were in the 40, 30 to 40 foot range. Uh, the bridge, all the way to the curtain around the dam area. It was, we were catching fish everywhere. It's, it, it, it's been consistent
1: all week. And the, the, what do you use
4: them? Uh, pulling a peak, uh, uh, basically the hoochies and also
1: uh, the flutter bug. Now back to Shasta, what, uh, You're catching more trout now uh, and a few kokanee, huh? Yes,
4: I I caught uh, uh, 10 fish on, uh, what was it, Wednesday, Wednesday or uh, Tuesday, and uh, we got uh, three rainbows and uh, seven kokanee, and they were all good size. The the kokanees were all 16-inch, 15-inch range, uh, hard fighting, a little harder to find, and uh, numbers were less. But they are good fish. Uh, again, you know, is so big, but to the action wasn't fierce like it was on Whiskey Town.
1: Yeah. Um, it, you know, that's, that's, that, those kokanee and Shasta are, are showing a pretty good growth rate, don't you think?
4: Yes, sir. Two years.
1: Uh, 78 degree weather, water uh, on the surface,
4: as in Whiskey Town 74. So a 40, yeah. 4 to 5 degree temperature change between the two lakes. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. The water clarity on Whiskey Town's clear. The water clarity on, uh, Shasta is, uh, fairly, uh, green and, 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 and muddy on the weekends, dirty on the weekends. And that yeah. has to do with all the crap, traf- the, 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 the boat traffic on Shasta over the last weekend was tremendous. And it was, it was actually muddy. Uh, the, the, the lake was on, uh, over the weekend
1: last How weekend. deep do you have, how deep do you have to go for the kokanee on Shasta?
4: I'm uh, saying 35 to 50, it seems like, uh, is the, uh, 50 later in the day, 35 right off the bat. First thing in the morning, pretty good bite. Uh, again, we hooked trout while we were kokanee fishing and we got a couple of rainbows in the 21 inch range. Uh, nice fish, beautiful. I had a brown on, we lost that, but, uh, the coconut were co- pretty consistent. But again, it's, you know, you're putting a full day and It's not a, it's not a two hours and you're done kind of fishing.
1: That's Kurt Portocarrero, SackRiverGuide.com. Um, yeah, hey, the fish the, the fish looked great in Whiskey Town. Earlier in the week, he, he showed me a couple limits that were, you know, on the small size. Uh, but still, hey, you know, kind of a variety of, you know, up and down. And then all of a sudden, he started finding bigger fish. And now they're getting fish up to uh, 14, I think he said 15 inches. Um, she sent me a picture yesterday with beautiful, beautiful fish. So, whiskey—that's good news for Whiskeytown. And here's the deal: with, with all the boat ramp problem at at Shasta, which I'll tell you about in a minute, um, the, 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 a lot of people are going to whiskey Town. and and all the muddy water. You know, when all the pleasure boaters get out there and they uh, the wakes against the bank, that's tough on fishing. So, and curse, uh, very rare. He's got some openings this coming week for either Shasta or Whiskeytown. So you can call him at 800-670-4448. I guarantee you, wherever you go with Kirk, you will catch fish. He's uh, he's into it. Okay. Here's the deal at, at Shasta. Here are the boat ramps that are closed. Packer Bay, Digger Bay, Uh, Bailey Cove, which is the first one up on the left on the McLeod arm. Holiday Harbor, which is the next one up on the left in the McLeod. And even Hertz Bay is closed. That's the furthest boat ramp up the McLeod arm. Antlers is closed up the Sacramento arm. The ones that are open are Centimuty right next to the dam. They've got a long dirt road out to the water. It seems like everybody that's got a houseboat puts a boat in, puts a their, their pleasure boat in there. From what I understand, it's just a real cluster in the morning. Now, Jones Valley, same situation. They've got an improvised ramp down to the lake. And Bridge Bay, they, you know, They've got an island out there. They've been doing this for years. So, yes, you can put a boat in at those three places, but uh, it's not your conventional boat ramp. So most of the boat ramps at Shasta are closed. Uh, but, you know, hey, the uh, the growth rate and the kokanee in Whiskeytown, I'm, I love to see that because we've seen uh, in years past those fish grow fast in that lake for whatever reason, Okay and then Shasta in Shasta the kokanee 16 inch kokanee 15 to 16 inch kokanee already in Shasta that's a huge that's going to be a fun lake to fish for kokanee in the future after the break Ryan Cook bass fishing down south Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, you know, bass this has been a heck of a year for bass fishing all over uh, northern and central California. And um, two of the best have been down at Don Pedro and New Malonis. And we've had Ryan Cook of Ryan Cook Fishing on before, and every time we talk to him, uh, it's a different story. And that's because conditions change. And so I'm anxious to find out now what's new in the world of bass fishing because Ryan is with us. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, it's getting warm again, Ryan. Uh, what lake have you been? Have you been on both lakes this week?
5: I've been on both lakes. I was at Pedro yesterday, and I've been kind of living at Maloney's. Uh, several, I don't even know how many days in a row before that. I haven't had many yeah. off. Yeah. But they've both been good.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, last week you, you had uh, what uh, uh, a, a couple of kids out. And then you had. Well, there was all kinds of good stories of of different kinds of bass being caught at different depths. You know, a surface bite in the morning down to 30, 35 feet in the afternoon. But there's a rumor that you got a you got a boat with five women on it this morning out there.
5: We got, a, we got a pontoon boat full of lady lip rippers. We're actually cruising out right now. Girls, say hi to Bob. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go have a fun time, buddy. We, we got a birthday party weekend. We're going to go celebrate, catch some bass. They're going to probably have them a couple of drinks, and we're just going to go enjoy the lake.
1: That sounds great. That sounds great. Now, listen, lady lip lippers, or lady fish lippers or lady hook lippers, what did you say they were?
5: Lady lip rippers. Well, they're soon to be lip rippers. We haven't even got a rod in the water yet, but it's not going to take long, I don't think.
1: Well, I like their priority. They don't need to get on the water too early when they have a fisherman like you.
5: Well, they were up here last night camping, so I didn't want to wake them up too early. I'm sure they had a good
1: time. Well, Ryan, what's been happening this week? Um, uh, We talked briefly yesterday, and you mentioned how deep you caught a, a bass this week. Tell me about that.
5: I had a couple youngsters out at Don Pedro yesterday, and we started shallow, and we just couldn't make it happen. We got a few short strikes on top water. We caught a few fish, and I started running main lake points and secondary points from 30 to 60, and we started catching the heck out of them. I, I had an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old, and they had caught, between the two of them, I think, one bass prior, and I think we put they put 22, 23 in the boat, so it was not a bad day.
1: Wow, that's great. And, and, and down, down to how? Uh, 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 drop, Sean, go ahead.
5: I had him a drop shot with a four-and-a-half-inch robo-worm, um, and we caught him, the bulk of the fish, 35 to 45, but we caught him down to 60 foot of water on the bottom.
1: Isn't that something? I mean, just I mean that's just incredible. He's pushing him down, and
5: these lakes are dropping.
1: Yeah. But to do that, uh, don't you think one of the keys is you kind of have to know the lake a little bit like you do? I mean, you just can't drop your, your line down anywhere in 50 feet of water and expect to catch bass.
5: No, I'm, I'm, there's definitely a science behind it, and there's patterns we try to put together. And knowing the lake so well, I, I mean, you have areas that you know they frequent, and then you can you can develop a pattern quicker. Um, my best advice if somebody's going up there and, and doesn't know where to start, just get on any main lake point right now and fish that thing from 5 out to 60. And once you catch a few fish, then you can start duplicating that on, on, on other main lake points.
1: That's a good tip. Good. What pattern uh, uh, worm were you using on your drop shot? We're drop shotting
5: four and a half inch hologram shad robo worms, but okay. when they get down there past thirty foot of water, I really don't think the color matters much. It's just a profile down there.
1: Okay, well, Brian, I'm going to let you go because you got a crew to help, and I I got to say, in in leaving, I only wish I was there to help you.
5: Bob, you know what? I <laughs> I, I could use a good net man, but I got, I got a couple net ladies, so we'll be okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> Okay. Hey,
5: hey, real quick, Bob, before I sign off, if anybody wants to go have some fun and throw some topwater for some bigger bass, New Maloney's is the place right now.
1: Okay, that's a good tip. I appreciate that, Ryan. All right, buddy. Have a good time.
5: You have a great week. I'll talk to you next weekend.
1: Okay, bye-bye. Ryan Cook, five gals out on New Malonis They're not going to have a good time at all. No, no. Ryan's number to book a trip, 559 691 Seven zero zero eight I mean that sounds fun doesn't it out in a patio boat in New Malonis, fishing having a good time a birthday have a few drinks What's the matter with that oh, my goodness hey I talked to Val Aubrey up at Eagle Lake hey the the warm water tougher fishing but Val's still caught catching them, and here's how she's doing it Val, my guess is this warming trend after last week's hot weather has got to begun to uh, affect the fishing at Eagle Lake. I hope I'm wrong, but what's going on?
6: Well, you know, we are hitting a little bit of a transition. Our water temperatures on the surface are creeping up. You know, today I had 68 when I left the lake. That is definitely a transition type of a period for Eagle Lake. Uh, Uh, To go from spring to summer mode. So, you know, all week, you know, we've pretty much been working for them. Our only wins really have been with our our thunderstorm that came in Wednesday evening. Um, But other than that, we've been working for the fish. You know, we're we're getting them, but we're working for them, and we're putting in some time.
1: Yeah. Um, Now, of course, we have the full moon. That's not necessarily great for trout, like it normally is. Although, it's usually a midday bite. Was that true the last couple of days?
6: You know, that's you know my bite usually on a full moon comes on pretty heavy between eleven and one thirty, and when you're out there at you know five o'clock in the morning, that's like half the day. I mean, that is half a day. Um, You know that. You know, you're tired, and you want to go home, and you want lunch and everything. Well, bring lunch, because that's when the best bite on a full moon is. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. Yeah. If we're going to be out there, go yeah. out later. You know, yeah. if you yeah. miss that sure. first, you know, half hour of the full, you know, the, the before sunrise, yeah. you might as well just wait, and then go out, and, you know, between, you know, <laughs> say 10 and 2, and and have fun.
1: Yeah. Now, how deep... Are you catching these fish? Uh, has that changed? You know, it
6: has. I have run a top line. We're we're getting you know a, a smacks here and smacks there, and a fish here and there. But for the most part, what's sealing the deal is basically around fourteen to
1: sixteen feet deep. Okay, and over how deep of water?
6: That has varied. Um, for me, I've you know I'm getting them out of like twenty to thirty. And then they move out, Mm -hmm. and, of course, I make my turns out into 45 and come back into 20 and 30. And, you know, I can hit them on the outside, or I can hit them in that 20 and 30. I had three at 20 and 30 today. So uh, the
1: rest are over 42, 45. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Rather than Mm -hmm. just stay in one depth, go from deep to shallow to deep to shallow, that should help a lot of fish if they. Have a tough time.
6: Well, you know, that's, that's kind of, I mean, you know, help a lot of, I'm not getting bit in shallow. I move out to the next ledge. If I'm not bit there, I'll move out to the deep water. But I'll tell you what, I troll in and out of the shoreline so that I can cover those depths of water.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, did I just say that should help a lot of fish? Rather than yeah, help a lot of well, people. Yeah, you well,
6: no, know, help a well, lot of see, people. That, yeah, it doesn't help fish when we catch them. That, <laughs>
1: that, that's that's what happens when I visualize myself <laughs> being there. I lose my head. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what lures and flies have you been using, Val?
6: Well, you know, I'm still using orange and brown flies. Um, I, depending on the area, on the west side, I might go to olive. Um, but for the lures, I still got my gold red Thomas Boyant in, and the quarter ounce, and that's still catching fish. But I put in the, the smaller one-sixth ounce copper red today, and that was the one that caught most of the fish.
1: That's Val Aubrey up at Eagle Lake. She's got a great website, it's eaglelakefishing.net. And pay attention to that last thing she said. She's been doing the quarter ounce uh, lure. When things get tough, you downsize to the one-sixth. Boom, that was the main lure today. That's true just about everywhere. Don't hesitate to do that. We're going to take a quick break, be back with Chris Lawrenson, uh, and hopefully he'll be able to describe what has to be pandemonium at Bodega Bay on the opening of the ocean salmon fishing season there. I want to, uh, to remind you that, that just last night they got approval from the Bureau of Reclamation. The Kokanee Power uh, Kokanee Derby at New Malona's Derby uh, on the 17th is on now, it's late notice, but they're still going to try to do something with a lunch, maybe not up to their normal standards, and a raffle, maybe not up to their normal standards, because this is the first time they've been able to do that, and they didn't know until last night. So uh, the important thing is the Kokanee Power uh, New Malone's Derby is on. Uh, go to the website, kokaneepower.org, and you can either sign up for it on the website or print out a form and mail it in, Okay. There you have it. Now let's talk to Chris Lawrenson of Lawrence and Yacht Harbor about what must be a total fiasco over at Bodega Bay on the opening of salmon season. Good morning, Chris. Hey,
7: good morning, Bob. And I'm what not you, there. You might you might add that I'm not there. I'm at the harbor working today.
1: And why are you of, not at Bodega Bay today of all days?
7: Because nobody wants to work anymore. We're so shorthanded. That I'm working, huh. I don't have enough crew huh. to be able yeah. to work uh, to go fish.
1: Unbelievable. Okay, yeah. so so what's going on here?
7: Well, uh, the this morning my spies have been up since three o'clock this morning. So the commercial guys started going out at three o'clock this morning down the channel. Uh, guys uh, trailering boats uh, started coming in about five thirty this morning. The launching ramp at West Side's completely full as of six uh, thirty this morning. By now there should be some overflow parking. It's a little sloppy outside. They are catching fish. The sport guys are catching fish. Lots of silvers. Uh one guy I talked to my buddy Darren. Darren's on the fence, which is on the 18 line, right outside of Bodega Head. Yeah. And it's in shallow water, lots of lots of silvers. You have to get down a little bit deeper, about eighty feet. Uh they had a they got one king so far, not a great size fish, maybe about a ten pound or something like that. But he's hearing on the radio that uh, guys are catching fish. They're scattered, but there are fish around.
1: Yeah, and and let's face it, Chris. uh, The commercials, that's one thing, you know. They've been going out to the 50 Fathom line. That's 300 feet of water. And uh, it may be too rough for the sport boats to get out there. It's dangerous as well.
7: Yeah, and I've been watching AIS all morning long. And so the fleet, there was over 100 uh, commercial boats fishing between. They started at Point Reyes. And they marched up to Bodega Head, and they kept following the fish up. And then the fish got up to a place called, if you were looking on a chart, uh, it's called the football. And it's off a of Timber Cove uh, area, uh, Fort Ross, about 17 miles out due west. And that's where the fish had congregated. Well, now, the because the buyers aren't buying fish these days, the commercial guys have kind of... Uh, gone back to port there's only uh four boats out there that i can see fishing right now according to ais but it's sloppy out there so the sport guys aren't going to go out there but you know many of these commercial guys had 100 fish days all commercial grade 20 oh or goodness. above fish and they did wow. that all week long
1: that's amazing um uh, you know i i have to say i I love the the fact that the ocean seems to be just full of salmon, but I am also afraid that uh, you know the state and federal agencies that manage our fisheries were in a sh- salmon decline because of their form of management, which they manage it by season rather than quota like the state of washington or or alaska and remember a couple of years ago uh, there was one hundred and seventy thousand more salmon caught than than the officials had figured off, followed by the next year one hundred and ten thousand more salmon caught, and that resulted in a shortage of salmon and now they of course they will never learn from their mistakes, and uh, it's it's too early to tell, but with what's going on there right now, I hope it doesn't happen again.
7: Well, look at what they do at Bristol Bay. They won't let those guys up at Bristol Bay start fishing for sockeye until they have had enough fish go through that they have a good brood stock for the following year, and it's just crazy what we do out here, but nobody anticipated the fishing to be, and the quality is super
1: this year. Yeah. It's just amazing, just absolutely amazing. Also, there was one story about a commercial guy and a big fish that wasn't a salmon.
7: No, there was a – my friend Dave was out fishing up there by the football, and uh, he was down and he was fishing 600 feet of water. His wire was down 300 feet of water, and something was tagging on his gurney, so he pulled it up, and it was a – he looked like to be about a 50-pound uh, fling cod, and he says the belly was as big as a basketball. And <laughs> right at the boat, uh, back of the boat, it broke off.
1: Unbelievable. The,
7: the other See, interesting thing, Bob, was that a uh, couple of guys caught some blue sharks, and my friend Carl, my neighbor Carl, would say that's indicative of warmer water.
1: Yeah, because blue sharks are usually found south, south between San Francisco and San Diego. Uh, the sailboats that, that that cruise down there talk about all the blue sharks they see.
7: So maybe we might actually have some tuna fishing this year if the blue sharks are coming in. That might be a good sign yeah. for us.
1: Yeah, you never know. Well, we'll get a report next week on how all the sport fishermen do, but uh, uh, give those guys a half a day and they'll find the fish, I think, don't you?
7: Absolutely, absolutely. It just the weather is going to be a little sloppy all weekend. We knew that. Uh, so it, they don't have the weather that the commercial guys had, but we'll see. All right, Bob, okay. talk to you next thank, week.
1: Thank you, Chris. Chris Lawrence's yep. Lawrence's Yacht Harbor. He always takes a call if you have a question, 925-757-1916. That's about it. Have a good week, everyone.